Welcome to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast with your host, Greg Shepard. Greg is a fee-only financial advisor who specializes in helping those in higher education to take control of their retirement. Since 2001, Greg has helped employees all over the country make the most of their retirement plans. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the first episode of 2023 Higher Ed Retire Podcast. As always, I am your humble host. My name is Greg Shepard, and for those of you that don't know me, I'm here, this podcast is here to serve you, those in higher education. Get the most out of your retirement plan. Navigate those tricky waters they call the Higher Ed Retirement Plan with your 401A, 403B, 457. And some of you even have those archaic pensions. So I implore you, I encourage you to listen to the past episodes. Now this one's going to be a little more different, a little different than what I've done in the past. In the past, I've talked about features in your retirement plan like my favorite two features, Roth 403B457 and the brokerage link. This one is going to focus more on 2023 going forward in the stock market, bond market, give you some idea of ideas of what experts, I'm, I'm using heavy air quotes here, experts think in 2023 and what you can do to better your retirement plan and uh, situation in 2023. Now, let's go ahead and kick it off here. So we'll start, start it off with my thoughts and why, quite honestly, you it doesn't matter. You shouldn't even care what my thoughts are. You shouldn't care what anybody's thoughts are when it comes to the markets going forward in any given year, much less 2023. There hasn't been a little side note here. And if you know of someone, please, please, please let me know. There hasn't been, to my knowledge, there hasn't been anybody in the history of the stock market accurately and consistently predict said market or the bond market for that matter it hasn't existed it doesn't exist but yet we we tune in me included we tune in to cnbc or whatever financial news outlet uh, you're accustomed to and we are our eyes are glued to what these quote-unquote experts think 2023 is going to bring so with that being said i'm going to give you my i thought my, my my thoughts my ideas around 2023, and I'll give you an idea of what these experts think, and we'll kind of go from there. So we're shooting from the hip today. Uh, I have nothing written down. I, had to, I do have some bullet points with some statistics that'll back up some things I'm going to uh, talk about. So um, like I said, let's let's kick it off with what I think. Uh, again, for those of you that don't know me, I do have an investment management firm here in the Kansas City area. Um, I am um, you know, I'm close to the markets. I study the markets more of a more on a historical pattern, which I'll, I'll elaborate on here in just a little bit. But if you have any questions over anything I talk about in this episode uh, or any other previous episodes, please contact me. My my email is Greg at shepherdfinancial.com. Shepherd is spelled S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Uh, and also to keep the attorneys at bay, nothing I say herein should be construed as an investment advice. My firm, SNA Financial Services, is an RIA, Registered Investment Advisor. Please, before doing anything I talk about here in this episode, consult with a competent financial advisor or someone in the know that uh, at least tells you they think they know what they're talking about. Okay, so with that being said, I'm not going to complicate this on what I think 2023 is going to bring because, like I mentioned earlier, it, it, it honestly doesn't matter. They're great talking points. It's fodder. You know, it, it's information you tell your buddies around the water cooler at parties. Uh, back. Who wants to go to a party and talk about 
economic. Hey, if you're going to a party and talking about economics, you're at the wrong party. Uh, that's not the kind of parties I go to. Uh, maybe the stock market here and there. Um, but let me give it to you pretty short here. I think the market is going to be volatile. <laughs> I, say, I say that because they, they, they say that on all the financial news outlets. Uh, going to be volatile for the first maybe couple couple quarters. Uh, there's going to be a bottom at some point. I think the Fed's going to raise their rates um, starting February again. Unfortunately, if you've heard my, well, I don't talk about it too much on my podcast episodes. I think the Fed has done a terrible, terrible, terrible with the capital T, terrible job of trying to manage this inflation slash uh, economic cycle. I think they've been way too reactive than proactive. They should have done uh, the raising of the rates late 2021. Uh, that's just my opinion. So uh, with what Jerome Powell said last last meeting, I think they're going to raise the rate maybe a quarter of a point the next two meetings, which um, I don't think they should do, but at, at, that's what they're pretty much dead set on doing. Uh, at some point here in the near future, the Fed is going to reach uh, that, that point of a peak and then they'll keep it steady for probably the whole year, is my my opinion. And then 2024, maybe start cutting that rate at some point. Uh, inflation, I think, should subside. Not down to the 2% that they were hoping for, but maybe that 5-ish, low 5 range here in 2023. In my opinion, my opinion alone, I think the market is going to come back. Maybe not test the bottoms we saw in June of 2022, but um, you know we're at 3,800 now. I can't give you a, a, a price on the S&P, but uh, maybe lower than where we are now. In my opinion, when they announced with Jerome Powell, uh, you know he loves the camera. When he goes on, comes on camera and says they are um, basically done tightening, meaning raising the rates, and you start seeing at some point inflation peaking and just tread in water. Okay. Well, God forbid we start seeing some inflation numbers come in that uh, show signs of lowering. I do think the market's going to uh, do well. All right. Now, how well, I don't know what well means. Okay. Again, I'm not in the business of trying to predict the stock market. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to table some of this for, for later on how I gauge or how I, um, you know, my prediction of the stock market is more on historical historical patterns. The market is notorious for one thing. It, it, it moves in cycles. Okay, so let me expand on that here in just a bit. What I want to transition to here shortly for a short period of time is what these quote-unquote experts think. You know, I get emails quite often regarding uh, not necessarily clients, clients involved as well, but folks giving me thoughts of what Joe or Mary over at you know, name the financial institution, what they think the market's going to do. And I always respond with the same thing. Well, Joe and Mary, they don't know, okay? And let me let me prove that to you. Some of the best minds, again, in quotes here, some of the best minds when it comes to the market. Now, let me share with you what the predictions were for 2022. Now, let's see here. Let me wrap this up. So the market opened up the first day of trading at 4,795, okay, keep that in mind. 4,795. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14 analysts here by a CNBC survey. I look at this every year just for, for entertainment for uh, entertainment purposes. There's actually one analyst on here that I do respect. I'm not even going to give you his name or the company he works for, but there's one analyst on here that I re, uh, respect more than the others. So first day of trading in 2022, the S&P was 4,795. 
Out of all these analysts, the range of the S&P 500 for 2022, the target range on the low end was 4,400 up to 5,300. Okay, remember, 4,795 was the first day of trading. Analysts on the low end thought 4,400, which mean the market would go down, what, 3%, something like that, up to 5,300. I'm doing quick math here, which would be about a plus 8% around there. The average... I'll call them predictions. The average predictions for 2022 was 4,975, which would be a gain of 35 to 4%, somewhere around there. Now, I don't have to tell you what the market did in 2022. The market was down 19%. There wasn't one analyst that was even close to that. One thing, not one thing, that's the wrong words to use. Common sense needs to, to, to come into play here. No one could have predicted, I say that generally speaking, for the most part, no one predicted Russia-Ukraine, okay? For the most part, that was the biggest economic news that that surrounded the markets that wasn't already known. Let me let me elaborate. Um, I looked at my video, the, the, the same, I, I, I throw out videos every year. This is basically a repeat of the podcast episode I'm doing now. And I, I, personally stated in 2022 that, um, you know, I don't give market predictions because I'm not a fool, but the Fed funds rate was going to most likely aggressively go up, which it did. I predicted, predicted is not the right word. I, I just, you know, if you want to use that word, fine. Inflation was going to be more of a problem than it was. Okay. And it was. All right. Now, I didn't I didn't really think when I said the Fed funds rate was going to go up more aggressively than uh, people predicted. I didn't expect them to do what they did. I think they were way too aggressive. So I didn't really expect that. But my point is, is that little old me here in Kansas City, along with all market experts that I paid attention to, knew the Fed funds rate was going to go up and that inflation was going to be a problem in 2022. What they didn't account for are all the geopolitical issues surrounding these ancillary things that nobody knows is going to occur. There is the variable, the unknown variable. So absent of Russia-Ukraine, which is a big absent, would the market have gone down 19%? I don't have a clue. Uh, you don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. My point here is going in 2023, whatever their predictions are, they're going to be wrong. <laughs> okay? Okay, they're going to be wrong. What I typically do when I get these predictions is what's the sentiment of these experts. Now we'll say in 2021, that sentiment was positive across the board. So I take a look at that. All right. And that is that, that I relay that information to my clients. Okay. The sentiment across the board from these experts is, is optimism is, is good. Okay. 2022 is kind of a mixed bag. 2023. Let's get into 2023 here. It looks like, Average target for the S&P 500, 4,147. Okay, now, as I speak today, it's January 3rd, 2023. The, the S&P is around 3,800, give or take a little bit. So your average target for these experts is 4,147 at the end of 2023. Minimum target is 3,725. Max target is 4,575. Keep in mind, we're at thir we're around 3,800 right now. So they're thinking around 4,100, 4,200. And I can tell you the consensus with most economists out there is that this is going to be kind of like a V-shaped or maybe a U-shaped year. 
where you're going to have these defined recessions, and I'll get on that here in just a bit, here in the first half-ish of the year, and the market's going to trough, bottom out, and then from there accelerate towards the end of the year. Uh, take that for what it's worth because it ain't worth much. When I say defined recessions, I've been doing this for over 20 years. We recently had two negative consecutive quarters of GDP. I have always told my clients, I've lived by this, I don't know, loose definition that if you have two negative consecutive quarters of GDP, that in my world is a recession. Uh, unfortunately, they start moving the goalposts and moving the definition of a recession. So I don't even know what a recession is anymore. But I guess we're going to go into one. It's going to be the most anticipated recession maybe in U.S. history. All right. Now, the bond market in 2022 didn't do well as well. More surprisingly, not surprising that it did bad, but as let me give you an idea. Stock market was down 19%. Your average aggregate bond index was down 12%. That just doesn't occur. That does not occur. All right. So you have your more conservative clients in quote-unquote more conservative investments getting hammered in 2022. I do see a rebound coming in the bond market. I can get into the technical reasons as to why, uh, but I don't have time or the desire to do that right now. Now, let me get into uh, transition a little bit into some some stats. I am a steets, a steets, I'm a stats geek when it comes to the market. I'm not going to bore you with this information, but I'll share with you uh, why I am eternally optimistic when it comes to the stock market. So could we have another down year in 2023 for the stock market? Sure, it's possible, but statistically, it's unlikely. Okay, so let me review a little bit of the stock market history with you. What I mean, what I'm getting into, is back-to-back -back down years, they just don't happen very often. Okay, just putting it here simply, there's been only four, four times since 1928 where the S&P 500 has been down two years or more in a row. All right, so... Four years in a row. We actually went down four years in a row. It's happened once, but that was way back in 1929 to 1932. Three years in a row. Okay, the market's down three years in a row. It's happened twice. Again, way back when, uh, late 30s, so 1939 and 1941, and pretty recent, 2000 and 2002. Two years in a row. So the market's gone down two years in a row once, 1973 and 1974. So the last time we had... Back-to-back -back down years was, what, 20, 20 years ago, uh, 2000 to 2002, when the S&P 500 dropped uh, three years in a row. Okay, Ho hopefully that made sense. I kind of rambled that off a little bit. Basically, we haven't had a year, I I'm reiterating, a year where the market, two years where the market's gone down back-to-back -back in 20 years. All right, not to say it can't happen, but statistically, it's pretty unlikely. Moreover, let me share with you this. Um, at the beginning of this year in 2022, well, last year, beginning of 2022, I, I kept telling clients at the beginning of the year, uh, first quarter of the year, hey, we're going to reallocate. You know, the markets don't go down forever. They don't go up forever. Remember, we came off, we're, we're, we were piggybacking off a great year in 2021. Also, let me back up a little bit. I'm sorry I'm going off tangents here. Remember, I have nothing written down here. It's all off the cuff. If Going to these predictions, okay, and how much they are worthless, if I told you, let's go back in history, all right? If I told you back in 20, late 2019, early 2020, right? I think you know where I'm going with this. I told you that the world 
was literally going to shut down. Okay, we're going to go through a pandemic or whatever the case is. The world is literally going to shut down economically. You can't leave your house for the most part. All right, but yet the market, the stock market, the S&P 500 is going to be up 18% that year. What would you have said? Now, come on now. You wouldn't have. There's no way. So the market, So let me get this right. We can't leave our house. We can't spend money. Uh, we're going to shut the economy down. We can't produce anything. We can't ship anything. Uh, but the market's going to be up 18%. Okay. I don't know what world you're living in. And, and to compound that, the next, the following year, the market's going to be up 28%. I think it was. 28%. All right. So we can do the math there. In two years, over 40%. In two years following a pandemic, you're crazy. There's no way. So again, any prediction made in 2020, 2020 was thrown out the window due to a pandemic. You can't predict those things. Now, remember back in the back at the beginning of this episode, I said I'm a, hist, uh, a history buff of the stock market because the markets are notorious for working in patterns. Let me show you something. Uh, as I alluded to just a couple of minutes ago, when I was talking to clients early this year, or I guess last year, Beginning of the year, first quarter of the year, I said, hey, markets don't go up forever. They don't go, they, they don't go down forever. What we're going to do is reallocate and get into things that we want maybe two years down the road because they're all pretty cheap. And lo and behold, they got cheaper throughout the year. But what I did is I created a spreadsheet, and I just wanted to visually back up what I was telling clients. So I'm going to sum this up. I'm going to try verbally um, here in a couple minutes. Bottom line, I, I kind of knew the data I was going to extract, but I didn't really know how powerful it was. So basically, what I did is jotted down, because this, the second quarter in 2022 was terrible. We were down, the S&P was down 16% in one quarter. So rightfully so, I was getting a lot of emails, phone calls, people were nervous. What I wanted to do was show them historically what the markets has, had done one year and two years later after quarters that were similar to what we just went through in the second quarter. So what I did is I charted the sixth because uh, the sixth worst quarter since 1960. 2022, second quarter, was the seventh worst. Hopefully you're keeping with me here. So I, I wanted to see what the last, or I guess the top six or worst six quarters did. Okay, so without going into a lot of detail, one year later, there was a net gain of all the worst six quarters since 1960, a net gain of average 10%. Okay, there's a lot of math here, but I'm going to spare you the details. Okay, you see what I'm saying? So just to give you an idea, uh, 74 was the worst, 1974, down 25% in the third quarter, 1987, down 23 in the fourth quarter, 2008, the fourth quarter, down 22%. And there were obviously a few more. COVID was in there. Uh, Q1 of 2020, down 19%. Okay, so one year later, after those dates, we had a net gain average of 10%. Two years later, net gain average of 30%. Want me to say that again? Net gain average of 30%. So, again, markets don't go up forever. They don't go down forever. This is not investment advice. I have no idea where the market's going to be in June 30th of 2024. Because remember, the quarter in reference was second quarter of 2022. Two years later is June 30th of 2024. 
given historical patterns since 1960, you got a net average uh, gain of 30%. Now, I have no idea where the market's going to go. It's just food for thought or kind of interesting information. So what, what can you do going forward in your retirement plan to help navigate? What can you do with this information? Probably not much, to be honest, other than I'm a big advocate of staying invested for the most part. I do think cash is, a, is an investment as well. If you were in cash in 2022, uh, you actually did pretty good. Okay, there's some cash money markets synonymous there, making 3 4%. Okay, now, three things I want to share with you. Um, I'm a big advocate of getting the most out of your retirement plan. Of course, that should go without saying. You should look into the brokerage link option. Most of you out there have it. Most, most, not all, most. Also, the Roth feature, 403B 457. This is advantageous to a lot of you folks out there, unbeknownst to you. Okay, I can't tell you how many clients, or I guess uh, folks that become clients that have no idea they even have a Roth feature in their retirement plan. It's to your advantage to check that out and see if it will benefit you. Third, most plans that I've seen out there, higher ed institutions, if you choose to do nothing, so if you're an employee and you choose to do nothing, you, you, you don't select your investments, you're going to go into those target date funds. Now, I just looked up what those target date funds did in 2022. And what I found is the more aggressive you are, like 2050, you know, if, basically what they do is they, these target date funds, uh, you know, they know your birth date. Whatever your 65 date is, like is it 2050, 20, whenever you're turning 65 is the target date fund that you're in. Hopefully that makes sense. So if you're turning 65 in 2025, you'll have a target date 2025. And I think it goes in five-year increments, I think. I could be off on that. But what I did is I looked up uh, the more aggressive target date front funds, and they were, you know, across the board down 18, 19, you know, percent, which is on average, because they're going to have a lot of stock exposure, and the bond market didn't do well as well. Now, where I, what I have a problem with on these target date funds is the more uh, conservative. So if you're retiring now, or there, there's even a 2020 target date fund that, that's supposed to be very conservative, they were still down like 16%. Okay? So if you're retired, you still have money in a target date 2020 fund, you're down 16%, and that's because... I looked at these these target date funds. They didn't have a lot of cash. They still had a lot of stocks and fixed income as well, which didn't do as well. So I, I am a big, now I'm biased because this is what I do for a living, especially the more conservative slash uh, closer to retirement folks out there. I'm a big advocate of getting somebody in your corner uh, that's in my industry that can help you out. Fee-based investment advisor. Now, I don't know, folks don't really work on commission anymore, uh, but fee-based fee advisor. So if you have questions around that, please you know, feel, feel free to contact me. Again, my email, greg at shepherdfinancial.com. Shepherd is S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Uh, but going back to that, I'm okay with those uh, more aggressive target date funds being down 18%, something thereabouts, uh, th th because you couldn't really hide for the, for the most part. But those conservative ones down 16%. I won't elaborate too much on it, but that's too much. That's too much on the downside. All right. That's pretty much all I have uh, today, to be honest. So hopefully, hopefully you got something out of this, at least nothing. It's stirring those, those juices up there in your head to really take action when it comes to your retirement plan. 
All right, folks, that's all I got for you today. Again, this is Greg Shepard with Higher Ed Retire Podcast. Go out there and take control of your retirement today. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast. Just because this episode is over doesn't mean you can't continue your retirement journey. Please visit www.higheredretire.com to see how you can work with Greg or to simply ask him a question. Thanks again. S&A Financial Services is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.